we are an email automation tool that matches and understands your customer data model. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Plytech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by Terraleap. Learn how to leverage the power of customer stories at terraleap.io. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Jane Portman, co-founder of UserList. Welcome, Jane. Good to have you on. Excited to be here. Thank you, Alexander. Absolutely. Now, UserList is all focused around email automation, specifically for software as a service companies. Can you can you describe to me, um, Jane, very briefly, what is the problem that you set out to solve with UserList? Would you like to hear like the whole retrospective uh, back four years ago, or what we're doing right now? Let's let's start with the now, like like in, in, in like one sentence. What is what is it the the problem, and then we'll then we'll hear the journey where, where it began. We provide an email automation tool, full cycle from email marketing leads to customers' lifecycle email for SaaS companies. And uh, unlike other tools, we focus exclusively on B two B SaaS, which helps us meet their data model and do other great things. Email marketing. Gosh, it's been around forever. <laughs> I feel like, um, and and some even say, are we are we past that yet? Like social media, et cetera. But I, I guess you would agree, you have a company based on it. It's that is not true. Email is still so relevant for for everyone. I'm curious though. You're really honing in on on SaaS and, and software companies helping them B two B SaaS and software, as you as you stated. I mean, the, the email space is pretty saturated. It's busy. So let's now let's hear a bit more of the journey, like where did this begin? And you say, yeah, let me carve out my own space in this email marketing space. When we started out in the fall of 2017, four years ago, we had no clue that we're going to become like a full classic ESP email service provider. We were just going to to do some behavior-based email, you know, like a little bit, uh, just capture some customer data, just send some behavior email. And we had no clue about the how complex and com- competitive this industry is and how challenging it is to get new customers. <laughs> One of the key ideas we had in mind was uh, great retention, because once you're in, you're in, sure. But yeah, that also comes with hard adoption and many other challenges, education, Whatever else we've been doing for the for last few years, um, it's really, really getting better. But it is not an easy journey for sure. Not for the weak of the heart. I feel like that's a lot of SaaS co-founders uh, could probably appreciate that exact statement of like, you started something, you're trying and you're like, wow, okay, this is a little bit harder. We got to explore what, where is this going? Now you also have a podcast and, and uh, around UI breakfast. And so you've actually building up an email list and content around there as well for what did that begin? 2012? I believe 2014, no 13, okay. probably. 13. And okay. uh, UI breakfast is a good old design podcast. Uh, we've just crossed 2 million downloads last year. Wow. And I believe we're the good way to the three because it took like six years to get to the first million and another year for the second. Imagine like how traction really works. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get there soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's slow at first, but the, the scales ideally after. So you, 
you've you're familiar with building lists and building building followers and you then you start to build a, a solution to stay in contact and connection with folks of of deliverability using email um i'm curious of like okay when did that really start to form and fashion into tailored to 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 software solutions and 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 where you are now today we had the audience of SaaS companies in mind from day one. So that's exactly the vision, the mission to, st- to provide a great quality, enjoyable tool that would help specific SaaS problems. That, is, that has not changed. So I'm glad that like the DNA remained the same. Um, yeah. how, did, how did that, how has that evolved now o- over the last few years? So what has been happening on the product side, we've just been gradually building nice, solid product and build and building up features. And we really have just expanded the feature set. We haven't killed anything. We haven't pivoted dramatically. Well, we've, uh, we've redesigned uh, the colors uh, maybe <laughs> once, <laughs> like we turned black and white instead of purple as here, but uh, nothing crazy, really. Um, so on the back end, it's been the same nice product that has grown its feature set from very young MVP version onto what it is right now. But um, on the front side, on the marketing side, we've been sort of pivoting and shifting our positioning um, to better find you know that match in the eyes of the founders and product people, and we started with the behavior-based email pitch. And then we transitioned into customer messaging for SaaS a little bit there. We have a great post um, where we dissect our positioning process based on April Dunford's workshop. Not sorry, not workshop, book. Mm -hmm. Um, And it ranks really well for April Dunford. Which is a, a lead source for you is just being able to I don't that. think it's like it's it's a, I don't like think the, these are like bottom of the funnel leads, but um, mm-hmm. definitely eyeballs. So we have a great post about that. And then last year, we've uh, positioned back again into email automation. We added um, marketing leads to the mix. So previously, we've just doing customer email, life cycle mm-hmm. email. And then we uh, expanded to the full cycle of uh, marketing than um, the life cycle. So from marketing signups to trials to paying customers, full full thing. Well, so that that's that's kind of really interesting when you look at that entire email marketing life cycle of from a, a as you just mentioned a very bottom of the funnel potential cold lead to they are getting on your interest and, and growing and then they become a customer and then all the way through that customer journey, you're trying to, to, to provide a solution through the entirety. Yeah, that. yeah. We've been always, for the first two or three years, we've been super stubborn about just handling the customer part. So everything happens after they sign up for your free trial, for example, mm-hmm. um, because it's just easier when they sign up. You you're in this product relationship. Uh, you don't need uh, consent. Uh, I mean, don't, no opt-in or anything. No lead magnets. They just uh, you just have the customer data, and your goal is to help them. Makes things easier. However, we did learn over time that founders want all their email in one tool. They just want to use the same platform for sending marketing emails and customer emails, and uh, that's what we did. 
it certainly did introduce certain complexity. But uh, it's interesting that we started from from the hard uh, and and added the easiest aside. Usually, an ESP goes backwards. They would have marketing email first, and then they would start layering up um, mm-hmm. the hard stuff, the behavior based campaigns, uh, the customer data, everything that is like really challenging. We had that from day one. And then we just uh, removed some limitations to allow for marketing leads. I'm always fascinated with the potential directions one could build a company, right? Like from the hard side, the easy side, you go for big fish, go for small fish, ground up, top down. Not the end of the story yet. Not the end of the story yet. There is another pivot that we uh, made just recently. It's not the pivot. It's just uh, a positioning pivot, explaining... Um, explaining what is that we're best at. And that is uh, the keyword we settled on is the customer data. Uh, Mm. We are an email automation tool that matches and understands your customer data model. And that that? particularly means that uh, all all email tools out there they pretend that we serve individual users. They would have just one big list of lead, leads and customers, and uh, you would have 1,500 heads in there, and you would not know, is that three accounts? Is that 20 accounts? What is it? And we do have another data layer to this. We have company accounts, which help users uh, structure, leads, uh, structure customers into accounts store metrics on the accounts level, do other stuff that it sounds super complex, but in fact, it brings clarity and simplicity because it just matches what the SaaS has behind the curtains. Mm. And that is the beauty. Uh, we've tried to tackle this problem with the name of like company accounts, but it just doesn't really resonate. But the customer data is something that people understand. So it's our keyword. <laughs> It, it, talk about a journey to find the right keywords that your customers uh, resonate with. And it sounds like customer data or client data may, may be yeah. it. Um, I, I'm curious, I mean, what's, when you start to, to look back at building, you mentioned you started with the harder things first. What, was, what were some of the aspects that made it difficult and other pieces easier? Well, it's just a, it's a complex engineering problem. The uh, automation engine that stores and analyzes behavior data and processes that and then triggers campaigns based on that. First, it's a complex engineering problem. And second, you can just go with the dirty MVP out there like that. Uh, This stuff is sending customer email. It's got to be good. So the um, closed beta, private beta period was pretty long. Then we officially launched only two years later in um, August of 2019. Um, so it was just much slower than than some of the cus- uh, startups out there can move. Mm-hmm. What when you look at at being able to do this different email automation? Are there certain aspects that are easier to automate um, than others? For example, <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious when you when you start to look at that, that you document the entire life cycle now. Yeah. You've a clue that the email, the, the marketing side is, is easier versus the, the consumer data driven 
behavior side. So I'm curious, just just giving me some insight into I, I'm not mm-hmm. a email marketing expert or, or definitely on the, on the the product development side of it. But I'm just curious itself of like, as you started to, to build this on, on both sides, is there certain e- parts that are easier that you've been able to develop and, and, and other parts that have just been harder to tackle? Um, marketing email is easier in that regard that typically a lead is basically a bare bones email address. That's all it's necessary to call it a lead. Sure, you can layer on some marketing attribution, but there is no product behavior associate, associated with it. And um, the, the, the mechanics is pretty simple. People create forms, have a form builder now, they recreate forms, add it to the website, uh, set up lead magnets, and, uh, and then you know something happens when somebody submits a form. That is as easy as it could get. But when it comes to customer lifecycle, it's just super complex. It depends on the complexity of the product. Um, it's also hard for the customers, for our customers to grasp, uh, to grasp it from scratch. Nobody's born um, to think about lifecycle email, right? And we have to do a great deal of education in that front. Hmm. When, 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 you, when you look at all the data that you're able to collect and pull in, what, what does that look like as far as like the connection to a, a software or SaaS? What's some of the data that you're able to, to ingest and track and then be able to make behavioral decisions to send certain emails? We are not tracking something. We're helping our customers track something. Mm. Basically, we accept uh, as much or as little data to our direct API integration as the product manager considers necessary. So it will be typically a few things. Uh, so some user properties, such as you know, you know, billing, billing plan, uh, some success metrics, things like that. And we also accept events, um, also like as many and as, or as little as you need. Um, but all of that is related to customer success metrics, obviously. And uh, those uh, metrics, uh, when they change and grow into different lifecycle phases, uh, they help uh, trigger automations. It's simply basically whatever outputs that they want to come from their own application then yes. would trigger said emails that you would set up inside of user list. Mm. Yes and no. They would send uh, this behavior data to us. UserList would process the data, make conclusions, segment, calculate, and then that engine would trigger emails. That makes sense. Let's let's expand a little bit more because I'm curious because I've seen some variety of, of different email solutions out there where you're setting up a lot yourself as the the user of all right if X happens do Y. Um, how much of this is more your engine, as you mentioned, is it, is it just, it's figuring out how does that process work? Well, I'm no engineer to, to explain, but basically if, uh, you would, uh, have an API integration that sends information to us, let's say photo editing app, each user has a number of albums and the number of photos they have. And uh, you just, when this information updates, you send it to user list. And in some other part of the app, you have your definition of a segment that is called advanced users. And the definition of that segment would be the criteria is they have at least 50 albums. So when the number of the the property reaches 50, um, the segment starts working like they 
dynamically join the segment. And then in another part of the app, you would have an automation campaign that says when the user joins segment, advanced mm -hmm. users, then you can send them this campaign that would uh, introduce them to different features, checking on something else, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, that's the, the bare bones mechanics. <laughs> gotcha. Is it is it often the when the type of customers you're working with? Who's the person in there? Is this a product marketing manager? Like who's using this and setting this up often? The most qualified users are uh, probably product managers and uh, also marketing managers on the marketing side. But the people who make the most sense of the customer data are the product managers. Yes, that's their biggest domain. For smaller scale SaaS, it's very often the founder themselves who are both technical and setting up the marketing technology. So it would be them doing the integration and things. But it always comes on the edge of they might have had like a hard-baked, hard-coded email, but they have to go to their code base to fix, like, to fix a typo. And when they bring on somebody who writes emails, it becomes, uh, this solution becomes not viable and they need an interface. That's like a classic example of when a smaller scale SaaS founder would need an email automation tool. Got it. So often it starts with uh, baked in into the code, the, the technical co-founders built that way, but you can't scale when you bring in a, in a, in a marketing manager doesn't necessarily have that uh, skill set to go into yep, the code. Yep. That's when you need the yep. interface. Uh, how much when when you look at kind of the roadmap of where you guys are going what what where what do you get what are you excited about like where where do you see email uh, marketing and and email automation for the, for the user side where do you see it going we are mostly excited about uh growing our name and sharing the market because we do feel this area is just does not deserve uh, get the attention it deserves uh, yet. And uh, there is lack of education and current tools are really not offering the powerful solution that would really leverage clean data and uh, help do automations the right way, not the way they can do like simple campaigns or whatever. So really like there is so much to do. And there are so many companies that on the front side, they look like they're doing some advanced stuff, but really when it comes to, and they probably are on the marketing email, but when, when it comes to lifecycle email, it's just surprising how many untapped opportunities there are that uh, are not being leveraged. Can you give an example, like of a use case, either of, of one of your customers or even one of you thought about a use case that, that, that really highlights what's being missed in, in the customer lifecycle email? One of our Customers who are bigger companies is a toggle plan. So you may be familiar with the toggle time tracker. Mm -hmm. So they have a division, um, another tool called toggle plan. And uh, they have been looking for a tool that understands account level data for a while. And they haven't found one. So they were really thrilled when they could uh, implement their their um, their ideas uh, when they found UserList. So that's one of the case studies. Gotcha. It's being able to already see we have all this account level data. How do we how do we utilize that? They're already a customer, but being able to use it to the next step further. You really say that it's an untapped market that, that really isn't being met right now. 
nobody is doing it much because it's hard to do with the tools. Uh, basically, uh, if one user does something, another user does another thing. And uh, how do you know what's the activity on, on the compound activity on the level on, on the account? You 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 can't really track that. It's you have to do some workarounds, hacks, and nobody really goes into that too much. I guess uh, uh, this is a great example of a difficult challenge. A lot of people maybe don't even want to touch, but you did, you did, <laughs> and and you're solving a, a need. So I'm curious for, if you think about a, um, just a general email marketing tip that you could share with a product marketer or a marketing manager out there, um, what comes to your mind? Look beyond user onboarding. And user onboarding is a hot word. Everybody cares because activation is obviously important, but... Um, and, and I love it because it's a great SEO word. Like it's, it's, it's understood across all industries, but um, go beyond that and uh, look into customer loyalty campaigns that you could set up. Look at the upgrades, upsells. Um, you can ask people for reviews. You can ask for referrals. You can provide, like automate some of the great customer success work. That is like a few clicks of a button away, really. But nobody, well, not nobody, but it's just, it's such not a priority that it's a shame uh, that uh, really very few companies do it well. Oh, man, that's a good, a good tip that you often just stop, stop at the onboarding, but don't want to, don't miss at the opportunity for loyalty and, and everything beyond that. I'm curious, have you just like personally been interested in email before all this or did that just kind of start to grow i've been an active user of email marketing tools before because i've been doing info products before jumping into the SaaS train have like four books in my portfolio have been practicing in my own marketing sandbox there um making side money but um yeah i've been curious what's going on and the existing tools were also quite surprising. They were not like never really delightful to use or anything. So I had certain, uh, my, my past as a UI UX consultant. So I've never been delighted by, by, by email UX. And that's a shame, I think. Um, so yeah, there is certain, like everybody has a love and hate relationships with their email provider. That's a common. <laughs> so. and, and it's, it's, from your perspective, which I appreciate of uh, even UI UX, it's like having that enjoyable experience, both from the user and then the consumer, the and individual using it. Um, it sounds like you, you probably embedded that into what you've created. It's, it's a buzzword. Really uh, being simple and beautiful is not a selling point, but it is so great to have it. Um, because if you go to, Okay, I don't want to call out names, but basically every tool that has a visual builder where you can like do complex stuff with uh, like a diagram and stuff, in order to get to the body of that message, how many clicks do you have to make? Mm. Like in order to, to find the actual text, that is like five or so. And that is so frustrating because if, if you're working on your sequences, you're, I mean, you're working with the text very often, you want to see what's inside. And it's uh, it's pretty sad that, um, I mean, it looks fancy, but uh, it's not too usable, unfortunately. So we're hoping to solve that part at least a little bit. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm curious when, when you, uh, just as a 
And on, on the technology side, it's a fun question I always like to ask. Is there any technology that you really enjoy using? Any apps or software out there um, as, a, as a founder or uh, as a leader, as an entrepreneur that, that uh, you've used? Simple ones. I should probably ask for some affiliate revenue from them there because uh, it's a common question. And I've, I, I have been saying that a lot of the last year. So in 2021, we have uh, added two tools to our toolbox at UserList. Um, one is Pitch, the presentation software. So it helps you build slide decks. And I am a designer and it is hard to impress or inspire me with a presentation tool. Like they're always hideous and stuff. This tool was just so lovely, um, modern and had wonderful templates in it. I was delighted and it managed to inspire and love my presentations. That is something to say. And another one is Livestorm. And it does the same thing, but for uh, webinars, workshops, and other live events. Um, it's probably more an alternative to like GoToWebinar or other mm-hmm. webinar software. Mm-hmm. There was a runner-up previously, Crowdcast.io. Uh, it's also lovely, but LiveStorm just is absolutely UX delightful. Um, mm. There's some, yeah, sure. It's uh, it's complex software. There might be some challenges but it's it's so lovely to use uh, so these two pitch okay. and storm <laughs> googling it while you mentioned it yeah those, those both i always love to ask it because like the fun thing about different software and SaaS solutions is that they're always new opportunities new ones coming up and it's like what is something i don't know and, and then when you find it like oh this is what are yours what are yours <laughs> so i've actually been using uh beautiful.ai uh, i guess it's a, in the same space as pitch um, I'm also a big fan of one of the reasons why I do these interviews. Is I get to meet a lot of cool SaaS startups. So another one is Journey, um, Journey.io. I think what they're doing is pretty cool too. Um, but uh, there's a lot, so I, I don't want to give any favorites. But those just popped in my head. Similar space of just presentations and giving uh, uh, interaction. You can tell the naming trend is uh, towards simpler words, right? So <laughs> one word. We're gonna run out. Of, that's why I never do all these other TDLs, right? Like no, no more .coms because they they don't exist for it. You have to do .io, .co, .app, .whatever. Yeah. Um, we had a .io as a part of our brand name for a while. And then we purchased a .com in 2019. And okay. to be honest, we were quite tired that when we would type userless.io, it would instantly transform into link anywhere. And that's just not fun. Sometimes you don't want that. Like sometimes you want to put accent on another link in your message. Mm. So I was quite tiring, <laughs> like just infrastructure wise. You're like, yeah, we want, we want the, the dot coms to stop putting as part of our name. Was it uh, pretty expensive to, to make the purchase? Uh, 4k. We, we got it oh. for 4k. I think it's, okay. it's a deal. It's a deal. Yes. It's a steal. <laughs> it's basically a steal though. We started yeah. negotiations, um, years ago and uh, starting bid was like 20k usd and we we're like no we're brand new bootstrap startup no 20k but then we grew and they uh coincided <laughs> sort of like, like gave up on us a bit and there was the sweet intersection it was like um 
end of month and the manager was probably looking to meet their quota for uh, domain sales. And they were like, if you say 4K, they will settle. And we did. We never looked back. Well, you're like, yes, yes, please. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. Yeah. Oh my God. When you look back at, at the, the years now, you've, you've been growing and developing Userlist. Um, what are some of the, the, the marketing aha moments? in getting the word out and being able to grow your own user base? It's been such a journey. Like we have not picked an easy battle. Um, it's like a series of mini aha moments throughout. But uh, yeah, like one of the recent aha moments is that we have been uh, trying to say account level, company level, nobody was getting it. And then we suddenly, um, someone recommended that we use customer data uh, in the headline and we were like that is it like that you, is it say, but with the yeah <laughs> when, when you realized that that was it was it was it um was it in an, in an ad you're running in an email like what 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 was the feedback that made you realize okay this is working with our customers oh that's great uh we we redesigned our homepage to include this new positioning where we would prioritize this uh, company level feature like front and center because it is our unique selling proposition. And uh, so I launched this new page, put a screenshot of the header section of the like hero section on Twitter saying like, here it is, we are planting a flag in this direction. And then comments started flooding in of people who are like, we're not getting it. We're not getting it. Uh, like, what does it mean? And I had to explain it. And it was like, too bad. Like, the feature is really good. We know. Why is nobody getting it? And then um, Derek Reimer, one of our friends, uh, he was like, just say, you know, email automation SaaS, uh, for SaaS that gets our customer data model. And we were like, yes. <laughs> and we borrowed that. And uh, yeah, so we decided... And what not not just the copy, but uh, re the realization that uh, if there is no single keyword, then you might look for something else from a different angle. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. like keywords is still important for selling your product, and not just for SEO, but for explaining what it does for the pitch, for the sales copy, for anything. Yeah, people want to jump to the to the realization. Ah, I understand what you're selling. I, I know what problem it's solving for me. And if you can't get to that quickly, they, they, they skip by. And I guess that's what the keyword is really for, <laughs> to, to make that realization faster. And so it sounds like what you do is changing the, the, the website copy, the messaging on your homepage. And then either you're getting questions from people like, what, what does this mean? Or you're not. And, and ideally, that you're seeing the conversion rates go up uh, based off yeah. of just what that word, those words are. It's pretty fascinating uh, how... With SaaS, you could have the same product, but approach, uh, tr try different ways of selling it. And it's, it's, it's kind of awesome. It's like an untapped world of opportunities. And uh, the word is out that bigger companies, they test uh, their value prop all the time, like they test ho different homepages all the time. And we just, we didn't notice it much because, you know, Dropbox still Dropbox, but trust me, they're still running like some tests on their homepage, even though they probably don't need much explanation. 
it, it, it's like th- there's so much power in, in, in being able to test. By the way, if you want another, another one, uh, someone I in- interviewed recently, Do What Works, uh, Andres Gussman. And what he's doing, he's been tracking what are the top SaaS companies, or not just SaaS, but companies, what are they testing and what's working? And he's tracking that. So then you can- Is there can, a website uh, for that? Where can we uh, go? <laughs> yeah, the thing is dowhatworks.com. Let's see. You know, as we talked, it was like, it's always .io. It is, it is .io. Do what works .io. Um, the thing is, the thing is, what uh, works for Dropbox does not work for a sa- like a small startup because it's unfortunately that the accomplished SaaS companies, they have already solved the like um, the traction and uh, the yeah. market fit problem. They, they are known for something. It doesn't matter what's on their homepage. What they're doing, of course, they're refining it, but it's not a deal breaker for a small SaaS. It's, it's like they've already done all the major shifting and now it's just tiny minor here, test yeah. here, test yeah. here, test here. For, for, for earlier stage um, software companies, you're, doing, you're still doing the major shifts, like entire messaging yeah. shifts um, to, to find it. That's a good, interesting question to ask is like, when, when do you know you're in, a, you're in a good place to stop doing the major shifts? and to start doing more minor shifts. Oh, well, that is just, that just does depends. <laughs> let's admit that. I mean, there is never a place where you feel like, oh, we got it. Like, let's stop. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> so. Yeah. Are you doing any um, uh, outbound to advertise, like LinkedIn ads or SEO or um, pay-per-click type of stuff? Or is it all inbound and content creation and, and email marketing? Yes, mostly, mostly that. We are heavy on content. We produce a great uh, podcast called Better Done Than Perfect. And I I have a tattoo that says BDTP on my wrist. <laughs> uh, I love that. On your, for those that are listening, because we do have an audio version as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a motto that we run by uh, because myself and my co-founder Benedict are recovering perfectionists and especially like in our industry, you can polish your tool forever. Uh, so we, we do strive to find that balance between shipping and learning and polishing it to, to death. Uh, so we, we prefer shipping and learning when we can, but it's hard. So we run a podcast uh, with that name. We have different seasons, dedicate different things. And uh, it's a great way to meet industry experts. We, we have a consultants program. So we build relationships with email marketing consultants. We have uh, put out some great content uh, on the blog. Uh, We have monthly workshops with industry experts and just trying to raise the awareness, you know. (laughs) Based off of all the different things you're doing, what what would you say is like the top two or three or even just top one um, that you see the most traction as far as traffic and interest and, and like leads coming through? 75% 75% of the traffic we get is from people typing userless.com in their box or searching for userless on Google, which means they've heard of us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this means that it's working, but uh, but yes, it's a long-term content yeah. play that works. Um, podcast appearances are fun. Um, there have been, across our journey, a few that had big audiences and kind of really uh, brought in influxes of fleets. One was cop uh, indie hackers. Um, another one was uh, startups for the rest of us by Rob Walling. So these are just like good old accomplished shows that brought in 
more ears, eyeballs to our problem. Gotcha. So being paying attention to the direct traffic, obviously, meaning when you see a, a giant spike, you're looking for a recent appearance. But if it's a general in, increase, it's coming from your overall branding content and, and, and creating content. Um, that's fascinating. Uh, since obviously your customers and those who would be fascinated with your product are, are probably interested in how customers connect and find a journey. I, I feel like all this is, is very relevant. I'm, I'm always fascinated with businesses, startups, and SaaS software companies. How do they grow? How do they get to the next stage? How do they get interest and get that messaging across? So I appreciate you sharing the journey that, that, that you've you. been on. Thank you. Slow and steady. And uh, my co-founder, Benedict, also runs a show. Yeah, you see, we're really big on podcasting. Yes. Um, he runs a show with um, his friend, the Benedicte. So it's Benedict and Benedicte at the moment. Um, it's called Love Slow it. and Steady. They uh, commiserate weekly on like <laughs> the daily ups and downs. So like my shows are all interviews. I love interviewing people. And he they do this like talk style when you, when you just uh, share the updates and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's Different. fun. Slow Different and steady. Stuff. It is slow and steady. It's not like overnight, not for many people. We, we, we much appreciate uh, this dramatic increase and, and lots of money and things are good, but um it, there are good things. It's slow and steady. You have more opportunity to fine tune and really know where you're going. At least that's what I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out. Yeah. I feel like is, is a good answer. Except that there is always this feeling that you're missing out on something and there is like this rocket ship opportunity behind the corner, but where is it? What is it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a few folks when I think back of who I've interviewed um, where they were bootstrapped mostly from the beginning. And then um, then they decided to, to actually get some funding and they talked about they're like, well, there, there is really no right answer, but we kind of wish we got it sooner because some of the competitors left ahead of us. And so that, you know, with us being able to get the funding now, we can actually get the messaging out faster and further. But that's in the case where um, I feel like the competition is pushing you and you need to go faster. Um, and, and maybe it makes sense to do that. But I guess if you're, if you don't have that co same competition, maybe the, the speed of, of throwing more money at it is not necessarily needed. We haven't really experimented with paid on, on top of the funnel, but from the experiments we ran, um, it's not like you see a Facebook ad and you sign up for an email automation tool. Seriously. It's yeah. not the type of funnel. It, like it, 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 Yeah, sure. There are more complex content funnels. We probably, there is untapped potential for us to make them work with content, but not with like, oh, useless. Nice. I'm signing up. Well, no, you've got to hear about it like 10 times, probably. I feel like that's, that's typical for, for B2B solutions and, and B2B software solutions. It's like, you're not just going to, unless it's a free trial, maybe you might see an ad and say, let me try it out. The, I wouldn't say like trying out a complex B2B tool. What is it going to do? Like it's, it, it hasn't got your data in it. You've got to integrate to the work. You know? um, yeah, so that's another channel. Free, and easy and you could just get into it if it takes a while for you to actually see the benefits and use it it's still technically not free it costs you your time more off more than that uh we've been experiment not experimenting we've been uh, raising our price um testing different pricing not testing like changing pricing and the the higher the tool the tool price the more accountability and respect you mm -hmm. and and 
reason to put in work you have. So free, like we had a $9 plan two years ago. Imagine like we had those people who paid $9, keep paying $9 doing nothing. We had a whole range of them, whole cohort. Wow. That doesn't kill that, <laughs> or kill that in a few months. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. It, it, it talk about refinement and, and, and testing and slowly getting there. <laughs> um, for, for just kind of any closing thoughts for, for, um, whether the co- other founders out there or, or product marketers or, or marketing managers, are there any thoughts that you'd want them to think about and know about whether it is email marketing or more just general in, in growing a B2B software company or SaaS tool, what would it be? Hiring help instead of doing things yourself and uh, just accelerating that process. Maybe you, you, you probably need a little bit of funding to do that. Or you you hit a you know gold mine of, of product market fit or something, but getting some hands on board is better than just doing alone, going alone because you will get there a little bit faster. And mm-hmm. it's always it shouldn't be um, like there should be more hands doing the work, and it doesn't have to be expert expensive hands. You can leverage different opportunities. And uh, for us, when we didn't have um, good funding early on, the solution would be to find. Um, specialists working hands in in niche specializations so it wouldn't be like a brilliant generalist marketer that we hire or brilliant marketing director but it could be very solid hardworking um seo um, i don't know ppc contractor who would like manage Mm -hmm. our ads like they they do this they know this stuff they do it well they do it for the reasonable money Mm, part-time very doable, really. Uh, no reason why a SaaS founder should go and manage the ads themselves. Like I procrastinated on that for a year. And then I, when we started working with a consultant last year, I was like, no wonder I've been procrastinating on that. That is like a load of work and not a pleasant kind of work either. <laughs> so just an example. Niche I, down, I, like segment those uh, ideas for help and just implement it. That is a great uh, great tip for maybe you can't afford to say an awesome generalist, but going very specific, getting a small thing off your plate can definitely yep. help you. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer, sort of. I love it. Thank you so much, Jane, for, for sharing the journey, the product that you guys are building, and also uh, the, the some of the struggles and how you've been solving those over this time. This has been great to have you on the series. Amazing. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And we'll see you all in the next episode of Optech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.